0: Welcome to our Indie Street Chat. The members of Bloodhound Picks and an occasional guest give their no-BS experiences with current aspects of the industry. There's been a ton of great independent horror to come out this year, but the most fun I've had, I think, has to be from Matthew John Lawrence's Uncle Peckerhead about a punk rock band and a cannibalistic demon. Now, it is something that I recommend having with friends, sitting down, having a drink. You can laugh, and it's it's great. So I got a chance to sit down with Matt and really talk about punk rock, horror, and the slew of other topics. So enjoy. So, hi, Matt. How are you? Hey, Craig, How's it going? Good. Uh, I love the movie. I thought it was yeah a ton of fun. I actually got to write some of the questions for um ginger nuts of horror there um oh hell yeah cool so yeah so oh thank you so much yeah, yeah that's awesome no problem so there might be some repeats just for audio sake but yeah
1: yeah no worries no
0: problem. um so i guess i just would like to get started about you know, just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you could have got to be a filmmaker yeah.
1: So since I was a a young kid or like a teenager, when I first like picked up a guitar, I've been uh, playing music and playing in bands. And when I graduated uh, college, I toured with a band. We released a record for, I'd say like probably like a year and a half following college. We had played all during college. Um, and when that ended, I had always been interested in film. Um, so I just, uh, I, I started kind of studying it on my own and then I kind of enrolled in, in grad school and started to kind of seriously, uh, pursue filmmaking. Um, and so I'd say for like the, the better part of the the last decade, I've been really like, I, 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 made another feature film, a super low budget, uh, super kind of like scrappy film right out of grad school. But I've been making short films and short documentaries and kind of trying to make my way in the, in the world of independent filmmaking.
0: Could you talk a little bit about uncle peckerhead the movie that we're kind of going to be discussing and what's it about sure. yeah sure so uncle peckerhead is about a
1: uh, three-piece punk band that's on their first tour and it just so happens that this band has a uh, man-eating monster for a roadie and that was kind of born out of this this concept I had had uh, where I wanted I had wanted to pitch a an idea for like kind of a throwback '90s sitcom um, that was about a punk band kind of living in a row house and they would get into kind of these these conflicts or these situations week by week and they just so happened to live with this kind of hillbilly tweaker that inexplicably was like so much older than them yeah. and uh, really like you know you didn't know why he was there but he would kind of give this sage like advice that would help them to kind of solve their problem at the end of every episode. So I, I always pitched it as kind of a punk rock full house with a, with a hillbilly, Mr. Belvedere. Okay. Um, but that kind of morphed into like, I'd always wanted to make a movie about touring from my experiences. Mm-hmm. So I, it just kind of like, it, it came from like a bunch of ideas that somehow just kind of fit together. Ended up fitting together nicely during the, the script writing process
0: it actually makes i guess a lot of sense for me because i mentioned it i think a little bit in the the written interview but kind of that there is so much in terms of the the casting and the characters there is this humor to it and this kind of almost um sick like characters i guess that you start to find that make that make it delightful in this way
1: yeah and I, like I actually like I mean I was a TV kid growing up yeah. so I, I have a fond love for like the 90s sitcom but I also I have a fond love for like uh, films that have comedic films that have kind of a large cast of characters even mm-hmm. if it's not like a large cast of main cast um, but just kind of like these, these one scene or these like few scene kind of characters that kind of pop in but they're so dynamic and so memorable that you know like especially with cult films like yeah. there's a kind of like there's this kind of like following built Around these characters, like you know, that that may appear for only like you know five to ten minutes on screen in a film. But yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of that, so I kind of wanted to do that type of movie.
0: And then, so what was the process like of getting this made?
1: Oh man, it was a it was it was a a bit of a slog. Um, So like we were we were a micro budget, scrappy production. um, So we we didn't have we knew we wouldn't have a lot of money to work with. Um, So like I would say the film was like half self-funded. Uh, coming from my wife and I, and then the other half came from like just a small handful of investors that I think I always make the joke, but like clearly don't care about money. Okay, um, yeah. They just kind of like they really liked the idea, and they really kind of like liked like a couple of them came from this short film I had made, Larry Gundeman, and they just kind of liked the voice that they saw in that and kind of the energy they saw in that. And once I kind of pitched them on uh, Uncle Peckerhead yeah, we had some kind of like concept. Are, um, they kind of luckily just kind of trusted us to kind of make the movie, um, but it was like you know it, it was calling on like every favor you you could ever think of. So like everyone worked their like every person on crew, every cast member worked their ass off probably you know clearly weren't making what they deserved to get paid and and kind of worked you know 18 hour days and just busted their ass for the movie um so yeah i mean that's just it's the luck of meeting really great like people that that really kind of believe in independent filmmaking and are just absolute
0: saints i mean and it really shows the passion of it i think shows in the movie oh thank you no problem um so I guess I'd, I'd love to kind of hear as I we kind of mentioned a little bit about having these characters and these, you know, everybody having their own kind of personality and um, stealing the spotlight in the way. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was it, like, again, that's, that's all down to luck. Like um, the only person that I knew I wanted in it, besides like there, there are like a few. Char- actually, two of the characters that I knew I wanted in it were uh, Jeff Riddle, who plays Max in the film. He's the guitarist. Yeah. Like we've been friends. We've been a- we've been friends for like close to a decade. He's been in some of my other films. He's this amazing musician. He's this like incredibly funny, charismatic, just uh, also a beautiful human to 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 hang out with, uh, let alone collaborate with. On stuff, so I knew I wanted him in it. I knew I wanted him to kind of write the music. He was totally game. He he really wanted to work on a bigger project together, and this this was kind of tailor made for us to kind of uh, work on. The other person was uh, Shiloh, who plays yeah, kind yeah. of the 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 other antagonist in the movie. Uh, that's that's like been my best friend for the past fifteen years, Brian Conrad, who actually was also our our production manager on set. So he was wearing two hats whenever he was. Uh, acting um and he's just like one of the funniest like most insane people i know he's one of the most brilliant like he's a p he has a phd okay. he's just like kind of like like just a, a an absolute kind of like a, amazing conversationalist and and actor um but he's like you know he's like a man of a thousand uh interests so he's like really good at all this stuff um but he he those two I, I wanted in it, and then we just got like we just lucked out in casting in that Chet and Ruby who play uh, Judy and Mel in the film, and David Littleton who plays uh, who plays Peckerhead. They all uh, you know responded to our casting call. Chet and Ruby came in. Um, David sent in a video, and I mean yeah, I, like it. it, it it, I'm sure like it, it sounds like a line, but they were all my first choice and I just lucked out uh, that they that they also were really into kind of uh, taking on the role. And it was it was amazing because really like within the second day of principal photography, they were like a tight knit group. Like the van in the movie is Jeff's van um, in real life. The van has been used. So Jeff would drive to and from set with them in tow. So, like, the four of them, like, like, ate together, stayed at the same place together, um, like, would would travel together, would go get ice cream together, like, during downtime. Um, and then, like, they just had, like, their personalities just clicked so perfectly and they offset had such an affection for each other and liked each other and luckily that helped like i mean that did the work for me in that i didn't really have to kind of direct them or kind of like over explain what their relationship is or how they feel about each other they just legitimately had that affection and that kind of like camaraderie that that you would expect
0: them to have off of that i was curious because there are of course i don't want to spoil anything for anybody listening so they should watch the movie themselves but there are some kind of histories of peck that are left unknown and you know certain elements are did you kind of plan this to go further and tell a bigger story maybe like f you know a sequel I mean, like when I initially wrote the
1: script, I didn't have that in mind. But then, when we came upon the ending of the film, or when I came upon the ending of the film during the writing process, I felt that that was the the most. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. It felt that that was the ending, but then that's, it's a really open-ended, uh, you know, resolution or not a resolution, but it's a very open-ended way to, to end the film. Um, and I, I had kind of wanted to, like, I had had an idea of, of how to kind of continue it on, but if I were to continue it on within that, that one script, it would have like extended it another, like, you know, hour. Oh, okay. um, so, so I, I kind of had in mind, uh, and I've, I've written a treatment now to kind of like follow it up of like how I would would extend that that to a sequel um, so i do have uh, a sequel to the film that i would die to do because um, it like kind of picks up like almost immediately seconds after where it leaves off um and it tells like a totally different story involving peck and the band
0: now that sound yeah I was really interested in that and i mean um david who plays peck was as i even kind of talk about his He's great, and, and it's you know just delight delightful in this weird way that no matter what happens, you're kind of rooting for him in his portrayal.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and David, uh, like, I cannot sing David's praises enough, both as an actor um, and as a as a human being. Like, I mean, he, David's the type of person on set who's like. One of the most professional actors I've met, like he can nail it in one take, like that type of like magic actor. Um, he's also the person that, you know, you're on a micro budget shoot. So like, you know, there's there's not a lot of people on cast or crew to begin with. And, you know, if it's raining and we're shooting outside, he's he's with everyone, like moving, like, you know, lights, like helping to, to put stuff back in the van. Um, he does, he's, he's like the least after you uh,
0: could
1: you can you could can so ever meet um, and just as like a human being like I still talk to him and, and chat with him like uh, like at least a couple times a week we hang out um, via zoom and play like games with a, a bunch of the people that that were involved in the film so he's just like he's become such a good friend um, and he's just like it, like I'm so glad like you and other people have noticed how much of a, a crazy talent he has.
0: yeah Oh, definitely. And I mean, that actually kind of touches on um, a certain aspect of it in that, you know, for so much of um, punk rock and movies, at least, are seen as, you know, they show that the one kind of classic punk rock style that... Yeah. You know, as somebody who grew up on punk rock myself, you know I know there's all these different subgenres and so on, but you really kind of touch on all these different ones and you deal with the the pretentious aspect of punk as well. And totally. yeah, and so what was I guess the approach to dealing with your. History of touring, or
1: yeah, I mean, like I, th- I think, I, like also as a as a kid that grew up listening to punk rock since like like really like I mean now it's like since I've been like you know ten or eleven years old I've been listening to this music and yeah I mean I, and there's nothing wrong with how it's been depicted in film in, in some films like yeah. like but but you only get you know the leather jacket the safety pin and the mohawk um, and I feel that like as a kid growing up as a punk like certainly like there were periods when i dyed my hair but like i was in the leather jacket punk kit you know i was yeah. like ripped up jeans and t-shirt kid, mm-hmm. and it doesn't it, like it doesn't matter what ilk of punk you are um, but i really wanted to show like you know a different type of punk and how punk isn't just one kind of like homogenized aesthetic um, and how like like punk kids don't act just in one certain way um, and also, like, I, I really wanted to kind of show how, like, exclusive some – some some of those musicians would act you know like how how like utterly pretentious and insufferable they could they could be and like not just kind of showing you know like just kind of like the typical media representation of punk whether it's like a snotty brattiness or like a too cool for schoolness um but just to kind of show kind of the 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 spectrum of how kind of this this subgenre kind of uh or the genre kind of carries itself in like these various characters
0: so I guess, and I know you touched on this too. Is you see yourself as what, are are you a Judy?
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the characters, um, Judy was by far the easiest to write. Um, just because uh, when I was in bands growing up, and even you know, as as a as a director slash producer on a micro budget set, like you're definitely uh, on, a, on a film set. It's different because you know you have you know everyone is responsible you know especially because like on a film on a micro budget film set if one person drops the ball you know i mean the whole thing goes to shit i you know, whether it's like the boom hole operator or like a, a pa like you need everyone on point um uh, but in band, like especially growing up in bands Um, you know like generally speaking I've never had good luck Uh, I've had good luck with band members that are talented musicians but I have not had good luck in finding really motivated people to play with Um, so it would always be like I would be the driving force and I would also like I also like to to my own demise like I would be over ambitious you know so my ambition would get the best of me and i would push more than people would want to be pushed or more than they should be pushed um so and i feel like there's that thing with judy where like i i actually like have such an affection for that character in that like like one thing i i constantly kept like wrestling with during the writing process is i didn't want her to just be kind of like a a pushy kind of like type A personality. Like I wanted her to be, I wanted her to be able to have fun with them. I wanted her to to be like a, a strong character. It also was kind of like show that thing in that like in these types of like artistic endeavors like there is kind of like as far as my experience there's this one person who's kind of like the driving force and oftentimes they they push way too hard sometimes and you know i I think i might have said this in 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 that interview that we were kind of a part of is like you know you sell your soul um like it's it's not when i reflect on it there's some things that i you know i did or i said or i pushed on that i was like yeah i I was the dick in that situation you know um like
0: they, like I might have had a lazy band member, but they didn't deserve to catch so much shit, you know. I've been in that position, <laughs> too. So Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about, kind of, because the music is, is you know, very good, especially from a you know, from myself who's a punk rock fan. Yeah. You know, kind of how that whole process went, if because I know, you were saying that, um, he wrote the music and did you kind of collaborate with it or
1: yeah i would i would say like 90 99 percent of it is jeff like the okay. like the only two things that i had any part of is i wrote the lyrics for dominion rising which is kind of the antagon the antagonist band okay yeah. like i wrote the i wrote the lyrics to jeff's music um and i was like like ryan ended up actually replacing my voice with his but i sang on that track because i okay. i love to make fun of those like haircut bands yeah um But then, uh, besides that, the only direction I gave Jeff with the music is I wanted it to be joyful and nihilistic. I mean, like, Jeff's the the music Jeff writes especially the the punk stuff he writes um has that type of that type of joyful nihilism it has like it's super melodic and catchy but it has like a like a bit of like a it has it's a bit there's a bit of grime to it yeah um not in the traditional sense um so that's like that's just Jeff like Jeff is just like an insanely talented uh musician that like You know, gets a little like one or two like adjectives or descriptive ways in which you want the music to sound. And then, like, he wrote like a seven song EP. Um, that was just incredible and i I, be, I would be remiss if i didn't mention also uh augusta Koch who was in *Kaitana*. and now she's in the band Gladdy. Um she provided the vocals for judy and she's like an amazing uh, musician uh, and vocalist and bill Orinder, who did drums for uh for the, the music of the film that basically melt plays to that drum beat um, they're both like amazing musicians that that really kind of like uh helped us out in like A really kind of tough time of trying to get the music like, like done before we were set to produce the, uh, the, the movie.
0: Are you going to be releasing uh, the soundtrack? Oh man,
1: (laughs) yeah. I mean that that that's the dream. So okay. Jeff Jeff is in the band. Jeff is in a band right now with Bill, who played drums, called Five Hundred Bucks, and they re-recorded um, a couple of the songs from the movie in like a really like like one of the the big studios that you can kind of record rock music in. I forget what it's called because that's kind of like I'm not in that world anymore. Yeah. Um, but they recorded two of those songs. But we're kind of like holding off, hoping that if the movie uh, if people really respond to the movie In a way that we hope that Hopefully you know whether it's Mondo Or Rockwork Records or any Any uh, label If they want to release a uh, a 7 inch or a EP Or a vinyl um, Of any sort or, or Demo tape we are happy to uh, To accommodate we really want to get That music out
0: It's oh, great and I definitely get it <laughs> But um, I am going to backtrack a little bit. And since we talked a ton about the music, about what made you switch decide to do it as a horror movie and add the demon
1: Yeah, so like I, I've i always loved horror. I mean I was uh you know the kid that my mom would take him to the video store for like the two old rentals for the price of one and I would immediately go to the horror movie section. Yeah. Um so I mean I grew up on horror movies. I've 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 made like a few horror movies. I produced a bunch. And uh, I, like, really, like, around the time I was, like, trying to really pitch, uh, you know, the Uncle Peckerhead Adult Adult Swim idea, I had... um I had gone to uh i i won't name the festival but i went to a horror film festival with a film I had produced called uh holiday Fear and like a lot of the feature films I saw and this is no this is no no offense to them, but a lot of the films I saw were kind of very similar in terms of like their approach in terms of the tone in terms of the basic feel and I felt that there was like especially at a film festival i'm looking for uh, the type of film that I hope Peckerhead is, which is yeah. just like a blast to watch with people. You know, you have like a couple beers, you like you you can like cringe or shout or laugh at the screen. Like people are really kind of like communicating like as a as a kind of a collective, you know, while they watch the movie. Yeah. Um. And it re- there really wasn't a film that I had discovered at this festival that was like fun. You know, that I would say like, wow, that was a fucking blast watching that. I'm so glad I saw it with an audience. Um. And I was like, man. And like, it's... You can see that the audience was hungry for, for a film like that, um, but there just wasn't one at this festival. So it was just kind of like, like you know, you're with your friends. Uh, it was with my wife, and we were kind of like having like a late-night thing where you're kind of getting drunk, and you're like, man, we should like do this. We should make that movie. Um, and that's kind of where it, it kind of came from. Like like literally the next week, I started writing
0: uh, for – I started writing what initially became the first draft of Press. Okay. So what was the – how long did it take to get that first draft done and that whole um, screenwriting process?
1: Oh man, it was it was actually like a pretty quick process. Like I would say uh when did i start the first draft i mean i probably started the first draft in like the early summer at some point and then by like you know by early i'd say like late october early november we were like we're gonna do it um this is like in like 2017 and then by june of 2018 we shot for 18 days um yeah so it was like it was a pretty i would say like like, from the initial seedling of the idea to, uh, pro- like, like straight up producing the movie. It was just a year and a half. Oh, that's
0: not bad. Yeah. At
1: all. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, it was a quick, it was a quick kind of writing process. And just, like, and it was also that thing that, like, a lot of the people that worked on it were at, like, a good point in their life, like. Nobody was having kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like everyone was kind of like just before they were about to make a, a huge commitment with either a job or, you know, family or a wedding. So it's basically like you kind of find like I found those like seven or eight friends um, who were kind of the the big contributors to the film, like like each and every day. And they were all in the right place at the right time. And they're like, let's just do it. Let's get it. Let's try and make this happen.
0: Oh, that's- that's yeah that's incredible and so i know because it's you know obviously like almost become now when you talk about film the elephant in the room what has it been like i guess in terms of you know dealing with the this pandemic of like has it really yeah. kind of thrown a wrench in things and or has it like, maybe helped in a way or yeah yeah
1: yeah, I mean, it's so it's like it's so t- like and and it's I, I think it's a, it's a great question to ask and it's like it's so tough to kind of reflect on because there's like you know you're looking at it two ways yeah. in that like you know from a personal point of view or the film's point of view uh, we played Panic Fest in January in Kansas City and it was like it was our premiere and it was such a great experience the people the guys that run it are like the total total like 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 amazing totally amazing people. Really, really great. The audience was great. We 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 got a bunch of support. A lot of people were kind of like, like just showering us in in praise. I don't think we deserve, but it was it was such a great feeling, and it kind of we were on such a high, and we were set to kind of have a really nice festival run after that, and then obviously uh, you know COVID happened, so you know I mean in short you know selfishly it,
0: it fucking sucks it's awful yeah. you know like it, it like i i love going
1: to festivals i love meeting people i love meeting filmmakers i love watching films i love going to the theater i mean i'm like an alamo draft house past member yeah. i like I, I i belong to the film forum like i go, i go to the movies like two or three times a week um and it just i mean it just sucks across the board i mean but there is that other thing that you know people are in such in such a bad way um and i feel like in incredibly lucky that you know like my friends and family for the most part are safe and healthy you know and like and we finished the movie and the movie's finding its audience maybe in a wildly different way than we thought at first you know we could have never expected but you're just kind of like you know in the real sense of being like a human being like there's so much you know there's so much kind of terrible shit going on in the world that I'm just happy that like like we were able to finish the movie we're able to share it with people and that like the people in my life are safe and happy and you know hopefully things will start to kind of get better from there uh but yeah it's, it's a wild fucking time uh, but yeah, as, as as everyone knows um it's just like a total it, it totally threw a wrench in the works and in, in more ways than one but i should say that like Epic Pictures, or or rather Dread Presents, which is under Epic Pictures, um, was so great in in helping us uh, to kind of pivot, and they've been so supportive in helping to kind of distribute the film, get it out there, and they've really believed in the film Uh, since, like, we met them at Panic Fest, which was our premiere, so even before all this happened, they were kind of champions for our film and kind of... uh, you know what, we wanted to do so, they've been like the okay. best partners uh, somebody could
0: ask for. So, I know you're doing this movie right now, but how what's on the horizon, and um, how can people find you if they want to, like on social media or anything like that?
1: Totally. Yeah. Um, so I would say, like, the best place where you can kind of read because we have a couple of pages set up to talk about our future projects is our production hub, which is subtletyrex.com. And that, that'll give you, like, all the social media handles you want for, like, my personal stuff, uh, Uncle Peckerhead's social media. I mean, Uncle Peckerhead's just Uncle Peckerhead on Instagram, Uncle Peckerhead on Twitter, Uncle Peckerhead on Facebook. But subtletyrex.com, there's no dashes, there's no spaces, there's no whatever it is. Um, that's the best place to kind of read about projects, kind of read about the movie, see a trailer for the movie if you haven't seen it yet find out where you can watch or or buy or rent the movie all of that stuff is probably the best place and and also that talks about like the larry gun demon uh feature that that we're hoping to make which is kind of in the uncle pecker universe it talks about a bunch of other projects that uh that we're hoping to get off the ground
0: sounds yeah incredible and as i said before it was great to be able to watch it and be able to oh watch. man
1: this was a great interview thanks so much for sitting down and talking with me and loving on the movie this was uh this was great
0: of course and yeah anytime you want to come back <laughs> yeah
1: happy to come back
0: Yeah, alright take it easy All right, you too Bloodhound Picks Podcast is produced by Josh Lee, Craig Dram and Kyle Hintz music by Raymond Seed audio editing by Kyle Hintz